All right, now stand to your feet. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Second Chronicles chapter 20. I'm going to read a, a large portion of scripture here, so don't lock your don't lock your legs. May pass out, but I think it's important to get the story of what's happening. So Second Chronicles chapter 20. After this, the Moabites, the Ammonites, and with them some of the Meunites came up against Jehoshaphat for battle. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, a great multitude is coming against you from Edom, from beyond the sea. They're talking about the Dead Sea there. They're coming up from the south, past the Dead Sea. And behold, they're in Hazazon Tamar. This is in Gedi. Then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord from all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, this is a prayer he prays in front of everybody. O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms and nations. In your hand are power and might so that none is able to withstand you. Did you not, our God, drive out all the inhabitants of this land before your people? Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend. And they have lived in and built for you in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, if disaster comes upon us, the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. And now behold, the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came from the land of Egypt, and whom they avoided and did not destroy, behold, they reward us by coming to drive us out of your possession, which you've given us to inherit. O our God, will you not execute judgment for them on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes on you. Meanwhile, all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones and their wives and their children. And the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of his dad, son of his dad, son of his dad, son of his dad. In the midst of the assembly, and he said, listen, all Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid, do not be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the valley, east of the wilderness of Jeruel. And you will not need to fight this battle. Stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid, and do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. Then Jehoshaphat bowed his head and with his face to the ground and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites of the Kohathites and the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. And they rose early in the morning and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah, and inhabitants of of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe his prophets, and you will succeed. And when he has taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire as they went before the army 
and say, give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. And when they began to sing in praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah so that they were routed. For the men of Ammon and Moab rose against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, devoting them to destruction. And when they had made the end of the inhabitants of Seir, then they, they all helped to destroy one another. When Judah came to the watchtower of the wilderness, they looked toward the horde, and behold, there were dead bodies laying on the ground. None had escaped. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take their spoil, they found among them in great numbers goods, clothing, precious things. And when they took for themselves all they could carry, no more. All they could carry, then they took no more. They were three days in taking the spoil. It was so much. On the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Barakah, For there they bless the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. We depend on you this morning. You said if we'd come together like this and look into your word, you'd renew our mind. So we ask you to do that. Whatever battle we're facing today, Lord, we bring it to you. I pray that you help us bring it the right way. Lord, teach us today in this time together and help us to be Lord, don't help us, give us the victory. And we'll give you all the praise for it in Christ's name. And everyone said, amen. All right, you may be seated. This is chapter 20 of 2 Chronicles there. First 2 Chronicles and and the Chronicles and the books of Kings kind of go together, parallel stories. But this this story about Jehoshaphat, God giving them the victory is not found anywhere else. And so, so kind of, it's kind of a unique thing in Second Kings. And then what happens is you, you turn, turn back a couple pages and you realize leading up to this, Jehoshaphat had made an, an unholy alliance with Ahab, the king we were talking about last week. Ahab had decided he was going to fight um, go to battle, so he had called in a bunch of um, prophets that he liked. And they were all prophesying, go to battle, go to battle, go to battle. Jehoshaphat was down there with him, and they had made this uh, fighting alliance, and they were going to go to battle together. And all these prophets were going, yeah, 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 God's going to give you the victory. God's going to give you the victory. God's going to, it's going to be a great day. It's going to be a great day. <clears throat> Jehoshaphat turns to him and says, hey, man, you got anybody else to prophesy over this? He goes, yeah, yeah, I got a guy but he never says what I like. (laughs) You should be very, you know, here's what I find out about people. People never like people that say what they don't agree with. Isn't that true? He's the king. He's like, I got all these prophets telling me that I'm going to win. Every time I pick this guy, he says the exact opposite of what everybody else says. I hate him. Jehoshaphat says, let's hear from him. What's the guy say? Nah, you're going to lose. Don't do that. Ahab's like, see, I told you, he never tells me what I like to hear. If you're in a group of people that always tell you you're great, get a different group of people. You are on the fast track to destruction. If your mother never smacked your butt, oh, we just got way old school on that one, sorry. If your mother never put you in timeout, 
If all she said to you was, you're so great, you're so great, you're so great. You need some critique in your life. Because you fight things, without critique, you fight things you were never supposed to fight. Without critique, you do things you were never supposed to do. Without critique, you think you can conquer everything. And you're get, we're getting ready to find out you can so this thing escalated until like a brawl happened. Little tussle happens. And Ahab and Jehoshaphat, for whatever reason, go to battle anyway. They go to battle. Ahab gets the wise idea, hey, I'm going to let you dress up as king. I'm going to let you, Jehoshaphat, you dress up as king, and I'm going to dress up not as king. What he didn't know was the enemy had, had given the directive, don't fight anybody else but the king. So it seems that it was working out in Ahab's favor. So they go to battle. Jehoshaphat realizes they're coming for him. So the Bible says that he cries out to the Lord and the Lord delivers him. Meanwhile, Ahab gets it right between the armor and ends up dying. Now, I need to make a clarification. Just because God delivers you doesn't mean he was in what you were doing. We oftentimes, we oftentimes use deliverance of God as an approval on what he delivered us from. Well, he, he fought the battle for me and he won the battle, so obviously he didn't mind. No, 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 no. That was not the right battle for Jehoshaphat to be involved in. And he, in chapter 19, he comes back home safely and he's greeted by another prophet saying, Hey, listen, man, what are you doing? That ain't good. What are you doing? Now, he gives him a little slack. He doesn't condemn him totally because he said, I think, I think there's good stuff in you. You better start pulling that out. You don't want to run down this road again. You better check yourself. Somebody from the 90s say it. <laughs> I got a following. I got to say so what happens is he's delivered. He comes back to his people safely. And, and the prophet says, you better check yourself right here, king. Don't mistake God's deliverance with his approval on you uh, uh, with this alliance. You better check yourself. And the beautiful thing about Jehoshaphat, he says, fine. And, and, and he starts to turn people to God. And he, and he starts to set up the government the way God wants. And he, he, so, so chapter 19 is all about Jehoshaphat's reforms that he's putting in place to make sure people are going after God. And so that's a good thing. Amen? God always likes repentance and U-turns and changing direction. He always likes that stuff. The problem is, is that I've talked to you about this a lot. And I think in our culture in the American culture, we cannot overstate this too much. Just because you're doing the right thing doesn't mean you're not going to have to fight. And we, and we get this idea that I say the right thing, do the right thing, come to church, give some money, love on my kids, don't be my wife. All the important stuff, right? That God is going to make our lives, he's going to grease the skids for us. And you don't find that anywhere in Scripture. So watch this. God delivers Jehoshaphat from an unholy alliance. He comes back. Chapter 19 reforms the whole thing. Chapter 20, 
He's got to fight another battle. And you're going, what? Look, man, God, shouldn't you just reward him with peace? Shouldn't you just reward him? So just because you're doing it right doesn't mean there won't be a fight. I never rhyme. I don't know why I put that on there. It's catchy. Don't make the mistake of thinking, I'm doing everything God wants me to do, so he's going to... There, there's not going to be a confrontation. There's not going to be a fight. There's not going to be a difficulty. There's not, you're living in a sinful world. In case you hadn't, I know I grew up in, a, in the church when they say, man, I'm praying a hedge of protection around you. Well, the problem was my enemy had hedge clippers. I used to think, why don't they pray a brick wall around me? And we get confused when we're, we seem to be doing all the right things and yet God seemingly allows something negative, a catastrophe, something bad to happen. Some, the enemy's coming up from the south and, and it catches us off guard. We go, what, what, I don't, what did I do wrong? Sometimes you didn't do anything wrong. Sometimes you didn't do anything wrong. Sometimes it's just a sinful world. Sometimes there's people out there that just want to get you. Sometimes it just goes sideways. Amen. So what happens is Jehoshaphat founds out his, uh, let's say this, his intelligence agency isn't that good. The dude calls, the dude comes in front of him and he's like, hey, they're already here. Like, I would have liked to know like a week ago, what are you guys doing out there? Are you, are you sleeping? No, he basically comes in, man, they're here. They've already crossed the border. They're coming. So... So Jehoshaphat does something very important. I, I want to talk to you about this part. He does something very important. I believe fear should produce one action. But that's not what you were taught in school. You were taught in school that fear could produce two actions. It's called fight or flight. It's built into your, I don't know, DNA. It's built into whatever they put in you at the beginning. Depending on your personality, depending on your experience, depending on your training, depending on all these different things that affect your life over the over time of your life, um, all these things go into factor whether you're going to fight or flight. And, and what happens is when you come up against an adversary or an adversarial moment or getting ready to have an argument or, or, or something happens at the house, you, you get this little moment where your body in split seconds is figuring out what you're going to do. And so it's dumping these hormones and you're like, and so... So if you're, if you're like some people, you know, the heat comes up the back of your neck. You're like, oh, no, we're not running. <laughs> no, we're about to do something here. Anybody like that? I don't get that way very often, but I feel it when it comes. It starts, it starts about down here. And then if they keep talking, it, uh, once it gets to the, like somebody hit the pressure cooker valve, it's time to go. It doesn't happen very often, right? I need a little more positive reinforcement than that. <laughs> so what happens is your body's figuring this out. And you were taught early on that you got two, two choices, fight or flight. And so some of you have been fighting your whole life and some of you have been running your whole life. And I don't believe neither of them are right. Some of you, your knee-jerk instinct is just... You got a hot temper, you're ready to go. You were ready to go before they said anything. 
Some of you run. The Bible talks about the end times people will hear the leaves rustling and start running. Some of you run because the, the dog walked across the floor. You've been running your whole life. You don't even think about it anymore. You avoid all conflict at all costs. Some of you wake up in the morning calculating how much conflict you can get in. Well, if I can go to work and start a good fight today, it'll be great. Jehoshaphat doesn't either. He instantly goes to God because he's afraid. He doesn't wait for his hormones to kick in. He doesn't wait for some biological thing to happen to tell him what naturally he's supposed to do. He does the unnatural thing to man. Did you hear that? Because we were born without the spirit of God. So this is not a natural thing that's going to happen to you. It's going to have to be the infilling of the Holy Spirit that causes you to say, whoa, wait a second. That's not the way I should respond. My instant response to fear should be to go to God. It's not going to come natural. You're not going to, there's no hormone in your body that's going to say, well, that's a prayer hormone. It's not going to happen. You're not going to wake up in the morning full of fear with the instinct to pray. It's the Holy Spirit in us, helping us and counseling us and comforting us, saying, whoa, 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 I know what you feel like doing right now, but the important thing is don't do what you feel, do what you should do. So I know you feel like running because that's been your instinct for the last 20 years, but don't do that, pray. I know you feel like fighting because that's all you, were, that's all you ever did. You fought growing up and you, you just fought and fought, but don't do that right now if you're afraid pray. Some of us fight that. Some of us run from that. Well, I mean, I tried it a couple times. God didn't say anything. You didn't shut up long enough for him to say anything, but that's another whole sermon. (laughs) Then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. He said, stop with all the frivolous activity, we are getting ready to get run over. We're not running. We're not fighting. We're going to pause for a second and focus on the unnatural response to all this stuff. We're going to pray. We're going to ask him what we should do. We're going to ask him what we should do. Can I tell you something as a dad and as a guy who, who in some circumstances like to fight? The best thing your family could see you do is push pause every now and then and say, it's time to pray. Dad can't fight us out of this one. Dad can't hide us out of this one. Dad can't run us out of this one. It's time to pray. The Bible doesn't say Jehoshaphat held held in that he was afraid. It doesn't say he he told him, no, 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 we got this under control. Just hold on a second. The the government's going to figure out what to do. No, he said, I'm afraid. And by the way, I want everybody to fast. These people have already crossed the border. They're coming. They're coming. It's time to pray. It's time to fast. Put down the frivolous thing. Turn the TV off. Put the social media away. It's time to fast and pray. There's something big that we can't deal with. Every now and then in your family, you need to shut everything off and say, kids, if we don't get this, if God doesn't fix this, amen. It's going to get fun. Just hold on. I know. I just. What does Jehoshaphat do? He prays. Oh, verse 12. Oh, our God, will you not execute judgment for them? For we're powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do. 
<laughs> I love that comma right there. This is our circumstance, comma. Do not use the word but very often in your conversation with God, except in this context. Don't say, Lord, I want to trust you, but. Lord, I want to believe in you, but. No, no, no. The only way you should use the word but is when you describe your circumstance to him and then you're getting ready to tell how he has control over all that circumstance. Here's what my life looks like right now, but you are the king of kings and the Lord of lords. There's no one like you. That's where you can use the word but. Don't say, Lord, I married her, but. Don't say, Lord, I married him, but. Don't say, Lord, they're my parents, but. That might be a good one to pray. Lord, they're my parents, but you are in control of everything. I'm trying to go to that party tonight, Lord. (laughs) But our eyes are on you. God responds to total dependence. You know what the best thing you could do right now is quit talking about your plans to God. We, We negotiate responsibilities with God. So I, I like, how many of you are planners? Raise your hand. Just stop it. <laughs> By default, we have to make plans here. We make a lot of plans here. My wife and I make plans. She makes all the plans. Um, but here's the, I'm not saying don't make a five-year plan. I'm not saying don't make, a, don't make a plan. What I'm saying is don't negotiate responsibilities in the plan. And here's what we do. We go to God like this. Hey, God, I got this figured out, and this is what I need you to do. This is what I'm going to do, but I, you know, I, if you do these three things, I'll be fine. There was no negotiation with Jehoshaphat. He just went, we got nothing. What if we in total dependence on God? Because total dependence is actually what gets his attention. He doesn't want to be partially responsible for your success. <laughs> like, like, like the 5K fundraiser. God's like the, on the third column over, left hand, one third down the list. Yeah, we'd like to thank all these sponsors. Oh yeah, God did a little bit right there. We'd like to thank everybody involved. We'd like to thank the mayor. We'd like to thank, thank councilmen. We'd like to thank God. I mean, there was that one little time we prayed and he did that, he did that one thing. That was pretty good. Wish he would have done more, but that was what he could do at that time. It was nice. Jehoshaphat goes to him in total dependence. And I wonder what our lives would look like if when we showed up to God, we just went, I got nothing right now. I, I think I may know something, but when I sit in light of your omnipotence and your power and your knowledge, I realize I got nothing. And I need to know what you know. I need your power. I need your blessing. I need your, before I set out any to do any of this stuff, I need to know. And that's what he did. It doesn't say he came up with a game plan. It doesn't say he started getting the troops together. This is what you guys do. It said he was afraid and he showed total dependence on God. I'm going to go off on a limb here and I'm going to say this. Sometimes God will bring you to the place where you have nothing else but to be dependent on him. You're like, oh, I thought God was nice, man. You've been telling me he's nice and he provides for my needs and my wants. And my wants. And my wants. It's Christmas time, Lord. My wants. 
The best lesson we could ever learn on the face of this earth is that if we're totally dependent on God, you flip over the New Testament, when I am weak, when I am out of energy, when I'm out of strategy, when I'm out of, when I'm out of conspiring to figure out what happens when I'm out of all that, I realize in the lack that he is strong. Can I, can I throw a twist into it real quick for you? Watch this. Here's a twist. The people that were getting ready to fight them, God had told them not to fight generations before that. Oh, you got to be kidding me. What God told me to do back there set me up for a fight now. God told us to, God told the children of Israel with, jo- with Joseph to avoid those people. You hear Jehoshaphat say it in his prayer. Lord, when you brought them up out of Egypt, you told us not to kill them. And now they're back. (laughs) Yep, they're back. Sure as day, they're back. And they're going to kill us all. I'm not sure about your strategy, Lord. You ever been nice to somebody just to have them come back and stab you in the back? When you were being nice to him, you thought you were in control. And God made it full circle to figure out you're not in control. He is. And he wants you to be totally dependent on them. Six months ago at my job, I was nice to that person. I gave him a reference. I gave him influence. If it wasn't for me, they wouldn't be where they are. And now they come in my office and put a shiv right in my back. That's prison terminology in case you didn't know. Lord, you told me to be nice to him. I'm, I'm trying to show you how I'm in control and not you. Don't worry about this. I got it. Don't worry about this. I got it. We panic. I mean, how can anybody do that? Jehoshaphat's doing the same thing. Lord, you, you remember? You remember when you told us not to destroy him? Do you remember? We got nothing to go on here, just you. Help us. Help us. God responds to total dependence. And when they fasted and prayed and told him, you're our only option, this is what the Bible says happens. Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, son of all those guys, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, listen, all Judah inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not Be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle is not yours but God's. Amen. Tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they will come up against the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the valley, east of the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight this battle. Somebody say amen. Stop going to work thinking it's your fight. Stop walking into the counselor for your marriage thinking it's your fight to win. It's not. We give total dependence on God and he says, hey, look, if you will depend on me, I'll fight it for you. If you'll depend on me, I'll fight it for you. You will need not to fight this battle. Stand firm, hold your position, see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them and the Lord will be with you. Amen. All right. The band's gonna come up. Are they in here? Yeah, come on up, guys. I'm going to, um, this is going to be so fun. 
I'm going to give you a little instruction on how, how you need to go. Because um, here's the issue. If you look after the prayer, how Jehoshaphat set everything up, he did it. He did it not consistent with the way we would fight a battle. He puts the choir out front. And I know they sound beautiful, but it's the choir. They're trained to sing. You're like, man, church, I used to go to that. Some big dudes on the choir. Okay, 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 that's fine. But these people are trained to sing, not fight. Moreover, they didn't even dress them up in, in, in armor. It says they wore choir robes. I don't even know if he can run in those things. <laughs> they wore choir robes. It says they wore choir robes, put the choir out front. They wore choir robes. Scary. That's scary. Lord was going to scare the enemy to death with the choir. <laughs> wore choir robes. Can you, can you put up, can you put up that, that last scripture? I think it's the last scripture. Thanksgiving goes first. Verse 21. And when he had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord praise and praise him in holy attire, choir robes, as they went before the army and say, can we say this together? Give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. You got to understand, they couldn't see the enemy at this time. They couldn't see the deliverance of the Lord this time. They couldn't see anything. Actually, they couldn't. It, was, it wasn't until they got all the way to the precipice that they could look over and see what the Lord had done. So before any of this happens, Jehoshaphat instructs them to sing, Thank you, Lord, because your love endures forever. It's how they started, not how they ended. And we talked about this all month. So I started thinking, Chris Tomlin... Circa 2000. Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. Come on, come on. Do you remember this song? Come on, stand up, stand up, stand up. Stand up. Are you ready? Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. Come on. His love endures. He is good. He is good. He is above all things. His love endures. All right. Sing praise. Oh, sing. Oh, one more time. Thanks to the Lord, our God and King. He is good. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, that's 2,000. That's 2,000. But not, some people are like, oh, here we go. We're going to start bringing the oldies out. Thanks to the Lord. So I start thinking, some of you might not listen to music like that. That's fine. That's fine. So can you guys switch that up a little bit? Do something funky on the bass guitar. You can sing the same song. Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. His love endures forever. He is good. He is good. 
Okay, you got the idea, you got the idea. But I think my favorite would be something a little more battle ready. If, if we want to, can, can you guys do a little more battle ready? Everybody in the room? Did you do that? All right, that's enough. That's enough. Though. I won't even try to do the scream mode thing. That's weird. All right, play, play something. Play something. Help me out. Watch this. Here, here's the issue. Your, God wants you to show up to the fight. You don't get to sit at home. You don't get, you got to go to work tomorrow. You might need to go to marriage counseling. You got to show up to the fight. You, you, you might, you might need to confront a family member. You got to show up to the fight. The issue is you're playing the wrong music on the way to the fight. You get in your car tomorrow morning and you're all nervous and fearful about what's going to happen when you get to work and you're playing. Listen, I love Christian music, but some of it's stupid. Am I right? You don't need to be listening to some sappy, I can't wait till the Lord takes me home. Uh, you know, there's sorrow in this life. Woe is me. And you're crying like crazy before you get to work. You need to put on some battle music. And what it sounds like is this. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his love endures forever. You need to get in your car and turn it all the way up on your way to the counselor and say, give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his love endures forever. And if you like screamo music, sing it to screamo. If you like blue jet, bluegrass, sing it to bluegrass, but get the words right. Don't get in your car and go, God, I don't know what to do. He is good and his love endures forever. He is going to fight the fight for me. And then what the Bible says is when they got up that morning and they put the choir out front and they started singing, it says all they did was walked up to the edge like this and looked over and went, ha ha, look at that. It was already done when we got here. It was already taken care of when we walked up. So here's the thing. Start playing the right soundtrack in your mind. You are not defeated. You God has not given up on you. He has not left you forsaken. Stop playing that soundtrack and start playing the right one in your mind. That he is good and his love endures forever. And we can be thankful before we get to see any of it. Amen. Come on, every head bowed, every eye closed. Come on, if God's speaking to you this morning, just raise your hand and surrender to him. If you've got nowhere else to turn, you walked in here fearful, you walked in here afraid, you walked in here with trying to figure out what you're going to do. God is speaking to you today. Lord, I just pray you make it clear to him that you fought it already, that you've won it already. We just need to show up, Lord, in dependence on you. Show up, Lord. Surrender to your will. Surrender to your way. God, I pray that you be able to clear out all the clutter in our lives and let us hear from you this morning. Lord, you have won the victory for us. Lord, we prayed you put the right soundtrack in our hearts. We thank you, Lord, your love endures forever. We thank you, Lord, your love endures forever. We thank you, Lord, your love endures forever. I pray that you encourage someone this morning, right now. 
encourage them, Lord, to show up tomorrow and see the victory that you're working out in their lives. Show up tomorrow with the right music in their head. Show up tomorrow with the right attitude. I'll pray before I run. I'll pray before I fight. I'll give the victory to the Lord. Thank you today, God. That we can have this great confidence if we come to you and ask anything in your name. Thank you today, God, for guiding us, leading us, blessing us. The confidence in our heart today that there's no enemy too big, no situation too great, that you haven't already worked out the victory for us. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness in our lives today. And it's in that great, mighty name of Jesus alone we pray. And everybody said, Amen and amen. Come on, could you give him praise this morning? He's good. Amen. Amen. And listen, why don't you encourage somebody with a song as you leave? You can be generous on your way out. We'll see you back here next week.